0: Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I'm going to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. In this episode number 314, I have the privilege of chatting with Kirsten Watson.
1: And what I want the listeners to hear is that the reason why, as a a believer, as my sister in Christ, the reason it's so imperative for you to have this conversation with your kids as a believer is because when it happens to my kid, when the joke is made, whether it be to be a, a joke to be funny or they're called that for a very specific reason, believer, sister in Christ, I need your kid to stand up for my kid. Because they know that my kid was made in the image of Christ. Because they know that God made us all different. And although we are different and different colors, that the, He has no value. There is no value of one over the other. That was done by man, mankind. That was done because of the world and because of sin. And that they would stand up for my kid. My kid. Maybe it's specifically my kid, one of my seven, but my kid is any kid who is not right. And so if it's not for anything else, but that your child would, would even hear it to know that what was said was inappropriate, was disrespectful, was wrong, all the things that we teach our kids not to say. And so that's what I want you to hear. When we talk about, you know, like sometimes we just think it's not our issue. We won't talk about it. You know, my kid will teach our kids, you know, to love everybody and to be nice to everybody or whatever. And those things are great. But specifically to race, they need to know because my kid may need them.
0: Kirsten Watson is first and foremost a daughter of the King. And you're going to hear that over and over again as she points us to biblical truth She's also married to Benjamin Watson, former 16-season NFL football player and mom to seven. That's right, seven children. And today, I mean, there were literally a thousand things I was thinking of talking about with her and we chatted on the phone beforehand and we both felt like now was the time to have a mom heart to mom heart conversation about race. So, I picture us sitting at the kitchen table, you pulling up a seat, and us just really hearing Kirsten's heart and reminding us of who we are in Christ, how we are all made in the image of God, and kind of a mom heart plea to be intentional on this topic. Let's lean into this. There are definitely links in the show notes if you need more resources after listening. Let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Kirsten, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Hello, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Oh well, when you have the family size, you have the fact that we get these minutes with you is a gift. Listen, so why I... <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> <It's> like,
1: <laughs> I am like quarantined to a room because everybody else, all the people, are all over the place. So yes, yeah, so I, it's introduces... like my little mom time. Yes. Yeah, so I yeah. have married to Benjamin, and we have seven kids, and they are from. How old is she turned? She just turned 12 last week. And the twins are 20 months old. So we have every grade essentially in elementary except for one and a middle schooler. So we're just over here trucking along in Boston where it's snowing outside.
0: Yeah, she showed me out her window, y'all. <laughs> like feet. I don't know how you people are doing this. I, don't I know. worried about it when we started quarantine. I'm like, if this goes into next winter, I've lived through
1: a winter. That already feels hard and man. Yeah. My kids love it though. They put on their snowsuits oh, and they're yeah. they are out they're out there. I'm inside. I'll just <laughs> do the hot chocolate when you get in here.
0: <laughs> That's right. You can handle any cold weather if you're you're dressed appropriately. Exactly. And you're young. I think you have to be young.
1: Very yeah, young. young. Yes, <laughs> yes.
0: So Kirsten, I told you a thousand things I wanted to talk to you about and yet like I told you, I don't want black moms to think, I have them come on here to talk about race. Right. I told you that, but this is where God has you right now.
1: Yeah. Fortunately and unfortunately, I think when we, when, I'd love to talk about, I like, like to talk about a lot of different things, but yeah. I do think um, this is one area that God is saying to speak. And so uh, You know, I like to be obedient even when I don't necessarily want to do certain things. And so this is one of them, but I'm grateful for the opportunity to do so.
0: Yeah. And you and your husband have a podcast, Why or Why Not with the Watsons. Right. And (laughs) we will link to an episode where you cover this even in more depth. But really, I'd love to hear your heart on the motivation of wanting to invite moms into having more intentional conversations about race with their kids and their families?
1: Yeah, well, it's interesting because this kind of all started a little bit um, right, I guess, in 2020 when we all were witnessing a lot of things on TV. And so um, I had a lot of my white mom friends come to me and say, you know, Kirsten, like, you know, we clearly know y'all are black, <laughs> you have black <laughs> kids, you know, and we love you. And we just don't understand. Yeah. Like we, we don't understand what's going on, how we should communicate it as an adult, my, my as an adult. And then how do I communicate that to my family? And so I just think that it was an opportunity for the people that we do life with that are not black to have the freedom to have a conversation with me because, we just loved each other. We, were do- we had done life together in some capacity, um, and we were able to be honest. And so it's interesting because I think this issue around race and having these tough conversations um, really kind of start with the individual But um, when we don't have these conversations and things happen around us, it makes it very difficult for us to really acknowledge or figure out where to start. And then even more importantly, how to have the conversation with our children, because we feel as though, um, or you feel as though you don't know what to say. So that's kind of how it all started and, and just really kind of helping other people Walk through these conversations around race, because, and I was realizing that we were doing it all the time with our family without even knowing that we were doing it. Um, but we be, we were mindful that we were doing it, but we didn't realize that other people weren't doing it. Maybe I should say it that way. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> I've heard Black mom friends say, "Well, I don't have a choice to not have a conversation
1: right? about race." Right. And the fact that we're still at a point that we still have to have these conversations is just proof that things just even in my lifetime, and the conversations I had to have as a kid with my parents, the fact that I'm still continuing those conversations around race just proves that yes, it seems as though, you know, oh, we had a black president. Oh, we, you know, we're not doing this anymore. We're not doing that anymore. So it's really not a big issue. Well, it, Is if I'm still having to prepare if this conversation around race for Black families is still having to happen around the dinner table, and so it just it just proves that yes, we've come a long way in some regards, but there's some issues that are still there, and those I think are really heart issues that have not been addressed, and it's just a challenging thing to have to do. And then we
0: have the the church, right? <laughs> so you and I are sisters in Christ. Right. And the church's handling of the conversation even, you know, on social media, just the diversity of how it's being responded to. And right. gals that listen to this show have sent me to Instagram accounts where a black woman is saying, you know, things opposite of another black Woman that I know, mm-hmm. and so then, then this listener of mine gets confused. Like, well, what's right. true as a Christian is acknowledging the laws that have discriminated against people. Is that wrong? Is that not biblical, or is the right way to listen in, lean in, learn about redlining, learn about the criminal justice system? Like, we're two messages are getting sent out to mm-hmm. Christians. And so we're trying to learn how to digest all that as right. newbies to this conversation, which I think is like Yeah,
1: hard. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do well, I do? But I mean, I just
0: I feel sometimes I feel dumb, like where have I been? Mm-hmm. Sometimes like my <laughs> my black friends, like since they were little girls, this has been their life and and I'm a 40, whatever <clears throat> year old. <laughs> and, <clears throat> and I'm Becoming aware and I'm learning more than I ever learned the previous yeah. 35
1: years. Well, I, I mean, I think if anything, believers should have, this should not feel any different than us when we read the Bible and God convicts us about something that we were just completely unaware of. It's like, you know, you might've read a story, like since you were a little or heard a story in the Bible and you read it at a time in your life and you're like, why did I never catch that? <laughs> like that's been in there surely that just got put in this year you know and you have these ideas like wait hold on and so i think that's the whole idea that god reveals things to us in time mm-hmm. and so it's our responsibility to to take hold of that to to listen to the holy spirit in that conviction and then do what we're supposed to do right and so i think it's not a matter of oh i can't believe i'm this this old and didn't know, but it's like, thank God I'm this old. And now I know. And so right. now what will you do with it? Right. So yeah. I, I think it puts us in a, in a weird position because I think sometimes you could think, well, if I don't know about it, if I haven't seen it, if I haven't experienced it, then it must not be true. You know? So, so if if, if I haven't seen it, if I haven't experienced it, surely I can find someone who can validate and make me feel comfortable. And so that's what people are doing. I mean, you can't expect all black people to think the same. Like we just don't, like no, no, anybody thinks the same. So, you know, the, the challenging part to it is if you have, if something makes you feel uncomfortable, you know, it's like, where is it coming from? And, And then it's like, do I have someone that I know, trust and can talk to, to help work this out i think one of my one of my dearest white friends i remember talking to her and we had this whole long conversation about all those th- topics you were talking about redlining and you know all these things and i remember at the end of her conversation she says you know kirsten like i just didn't know mm-hmm. i've never seen it I, I just don't know and she said but i love you and i believe you And so that was just enough to like, and I'm going to find out more. And so just the idea that just because you don't experience it does not mean it's not true. And as a believer, as a sister in Christ, like we are called to, to be joyful and to rejoice together and to mourn together. And the fact that there is a part of the body that is hurting Um, that is crying out. It's like, we should be aware if these were children that were being hurt, if this was anything else, we would say, yes, let me hear your story. How can I help? How can I, but with this thing, this is like, just with race, it's like, Oh, I don't know what to do. Like, I can't touch that. You know, it's like, you get all crazy. And this is no different than any other sinful nature, partiality thing that God hates. Because of how he created us, and we just have to be able to say, okay, my conviction is that, here's how I've been affected by it, and what am I going to do differently going forward, rather than saying, this is not an issue, here's people that prove that it's not an issue, and... I'm not going there. And that it's unbiblical to talk. And then about it. and then, <laughs> then put out words like unbiblical. And I'm like, whoa, are we reading the same yeah. Bible? Like
0: yeah. you know, that kind of thing. With the winter season dragging on, on top of a long season that we've all been walking through, my heart grieves thinking of all of us impacted mentally and emotionally. And so I'm thrilled to get to share with you BetterHelp. And what I love is it is help that is accessible with very few barriers because it is professional counseling delivered securely online. They are going to assess your needs. They're going to match you with your own licensed professional therapist and start communicating in under 48 hours. And I, I know what it's like to know that you need help but not be able to get that phone number or even think about waiting in a waiting room. And all of that goes away with better help. You are connected with someone. If it's not a match, they'll change that therapist for free and do it easily. Uh, you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get thoughtful responses. You can schedule weekly videos or phone sessions. If you want to check it out, This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And so Don't Mom Alone listeners are going to get 10% off their first month if you go to betterhelp, H-E-L-P, betterhelp.com forward slash D-M-A. So go to betterhelp.com forward slash D-M-A and get 10% off your first month of professional online counseling. Yeah, yeah. So... Where do, I mean, oh gosh, <laughs> you know, y'all just let's, I'll take a deep breath. Okay. Oh, it's so much. Okay. It's so much. And y'all know I've had my friends, Tasha Morrison from Be the Bridge on, and we've talked about her. You listen, you learn, you lament, and you leverage. That's which I feel like is super helpful. And then Lucretia Berry, who's a PhD in education. She has a great one-on-one course on just educating.
1: Mm-hmm
0: on, she said, you can't send a kindergartner into a calculus class, like, let's get on the same page about what these words mean. What is race? Is it a construct or is Mm -hmm. it, you know, I think there's a lot to unpack. So y'all go check out those episodes if you've never listened to those for (laughs) sure. And Kirsten and I want to narrow in on these conversations we have around the dinner table with our family, the people that God has given us. To lead, right? right,
1: right. I think, and you know, I think in a lot of ways, you know, the education and the history. Like I'm still learning things about how everything came to be as it is now. I'm like we go through things with our kids, like different inventors and um, scientists, and all. God, like, there's still so much to learn because I feel like we weren't taught those things. I mean, in school, and so I think. That that part can be exhilarating and exciting and fulfilling. But I do also think there's this this teaching that happens around race that is happening because our kids are always watching, right? They're always listening and they're always watching. And so as much as we can learn in the books, which is important, it's also very important for when they see how you react to what's happening in the news like they see, do you roll your eyes? Do you amen something? Do you laugh? Do you turn the channel? Do you like, what do you do when they see what's going on? And sometimes that is a teacher to how we deal with whatever issue we're talking about. I mean, we could be talking about alcohol alcoholism. Like how do we, do we talk about it? Do we not talk about it? Am I scared? Am I, so like, so all of these things are going on now around this whole race issue. And we are, whether you're talking to your kids or not, they are learning something from you. And so it behooves all of us if we can have the conversation with uh, with them about what they're hearing at school, what they see on the news, what people, you know, like what they see on their social media in regards to race, because we have a, an awesome opportunity to bring in truth And it doesn't have to be your opinion. Like I'm talking like the Bible, the biblical truth about how we were created, how we are all different. How does God see us? We see how God is a God of justice in a lot of realms, right? And so when we're able to bring these conversations up to our kids and then bring it back to God's truth, it allows us to change the narrative. It allows us to open the space around this issue, around race that nobody wants to talk about that makes sense? 100%. And it,
0: it actually makes me think of a guest I've had on before who talks about like, when do you talk to your kids about sex? Right? Right. She said, mm-hmm. as soon as you can have a conversation because <laughs> there's a sponge and you either fill it or society and the people around them. She said, there's no school of firstborn children. So it's like they're learning from their peers who may have a 15 year old sibling. Right. And so she said, you come up with your value statement like, and you just talk about that. So you see a commercial and you, oh, that's a private thing between a husband and a wife mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. turn the channel, they pick mm-hmm. up on all that. So same with, I think it was Lucretia Berry who said, um, a researcher showed if you watch a multicultural show with your children and then have an intentional
1: conversation of race afterwards, their prejudice goes down. Right. I always say to look at your book. I mean, like I buy a lot of books because yeah. I'm kind of a book book junkie, <laughs> but like, if you look, I always say, if you look at your kid's bookshelf, if you buy kid, books for your kids, does everyone look like them? Like, right. like, does every protagonist, a white male or a white female? Hmm. Do you like that helps you figure out if you need to talk about it? Look at your bookcase. Are all your right. authors white? Right. Like there is so much wisdom from, like I would not gain the wisdom that I need other than reading the Bible, but from other authors. If everyone looked like me, like I'm missing out on something. And so you think the same things with your kids, it's like books that show that have black protagonists that are scientists. And I keep going back to this because I think about all the books that my kids love, or having black authors, like that enriches them. It's not just that we can see some as black people. We we feel. Validated because we see someone who looks like us. Yes, that's part of it, but it also validates the culture where they live, the world. When white kids can see that black people do things other than stereotypically what they see black people do, it's like it benefits all of us when we see the richness of God in his people. And so, th- like you said, watching a TV show. Having books, having toys, like your baby dolls, are all your baby. I mean, yes, you have a baby doll that looks like your kid. That that's totally yes, absolutely. But who are your baby dolls' friends? Are they all look like her too? <laughs> you know, so these are just easy things. I don't have dolls, Kirsten.
0: Oh, I'm sorry, the listener does. I don't oh, yeah. I have any dolls. I got all the gamer stuff, but
1: <laughs> that's so different. Mm-hmm. But it's a matter of be of, of realizing that there are a bunch. There and talking about black people, and specifically, it's like we're in a lot of different areas, yes, in music, yes, in sports, yes, in entertainment, but we're also authors, and we're also x y, z, what is your kid into okay we i did a, a thing with you know it, you can read about black aviators and you can read about the t- you know like there's just it doesn't have to be what w- your mind construct is to where to involve black culture right and so it's just a matter of googling i mean we are like the king queens of googling now just <laughs> google it like <laughs> black african americans in whatever and well, like and that's comes the up. end of that blackish show right his song he created
0: exactly <laughs> That was such a good episode. I, yeah, that's episode. about white people saying, "Oh my gosh, they're becoming aware of all the atrocities mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Black Lives Matters movements and protests and wanting to know more and coming to the main character in the show of Blackish and like teach me, teach me all the yeah. things." And he's like exhausted <laughs> by it. mean he, he's like, "No, I'm going to take it on." And so he's teaching them. And then they're. He's not actually wanting to implement any of the change. Mm-hmm. Anyway, at the very end, he's like, Google it. Like, if you have Just a question, you don't have to burden <laughs> the Black people around you to get all the information.
1: Get everything you need. Try Googling um, it. Yeah.
0: Get you some can information. Still so have a conversation. Right.
1: And that's part of it too, right? Sometimes you go to your black person, whoever your person is, and you say, tell me about blah, blah, blah. And you've done none of the work. (laughs) It's like, well, okay, where should we start? Back in, (laughs) uh, you know, it's like, but if you come with a, a, a question, like, hey, I was reading about whatever. And I just don't understand how blah, 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 blah. that's a better way to have a conversation than just tell me about the black experience. Okay, <laughs> well, where do you want me to start? <laughs> that's, that's a very broad question, you know, but, and that's part of it too. Like just Google it first, then get a, you know, get a couple of different perspectives and then, you know, stew on it, pray about it, and then go ask your black, your black friend. <laughs> that's,
0: I just think, yeah, y'all that's, that seems like a good idea.
1: That yeah, seems like a good idea. But we have to. We have to do it.
0: It has been forever since I've been to an in-person workout class, spin class, and I miss it. Y'all agree? I don't know if you've been going, but I. it's just not the same at home, and I miss the heart-pounding playlist. I miss the instructors kind of spurring me on. And so that's what I loved about the SoulCycle at-home bike. With the SoulCycle at-home bike, it converts your home into a SoulCycle studio. You get a 21-inch touchscreen that houses a revolutionary sound system specifically engineered for the bike. And you get the SoulCycle's iconic playlist. With unlimited access to live and on-demand Soul Cycle classes, you're going to be able to clip in with your favorite instructors, be transported to the front row of the studio on your schedule. I'm more of a mid-row, back row, Joe, but you do you, boo. Your monthly membership also gives you unlimited access to the Equinox Plus app where you can stream classes from other top-tier brands like Equinox, Rumble, TB12, Pure Yoga, and this is the bestest news of all the news. You get your Soul Cycle at Home bike in just one to three weeks. That's so fast, y'all. If you've been in the market for an at Home bike, that is so fast. And they have financing options available to make attaining your goals achievable. So get your Soul Cycle at Home bike today by visiting slash DMA for Don't Mom Alone and use the promo code DMA, and you're going to get a free pair of at Home select cycling shoes. With your purchase. I think those are so fun. You will clip into the little bike. That's mysoulcyclebike.com slash DMA, promo code DMA for Don't Mom Alone to get a free pair of cycling shoes with the purchase of your Soul Cycle at Home bike. MySoulcyclebike.com slash DMA, promo code DMA. What do you hope for the mom, the white mom listening, or any mom? who hasn't engaged in intentional conversations with their kids about race.
1: What do you hope she hears from this? Yeah, I I have something for that because ultimately I mentioned before the, the conversations that my parents had with me around race and being in in a predominantly white school, predominantly white neighborhood, predominantly white, white church, um, just in how to carry myself, what was expected of myself, that how I had to be. Uh, we are having those same conversations with our children. And so it really hit me when I realized that I remember the first time I was called the N word in sixth grade, in Pod B. Like I remember it very distinctly. It wasn't that they were calling me it directly in a mean way, but it was more like calling me and every, it was a part of a joke. And everyone around me, started to laugh. And I remember as talkative as I am and now as witty as I think I am and come back that I had nothing to say. Like I was in a moment of of shock and disbelief and wanting to cry and and no one stood up. For me. I remember telling the teacher and she not really addressing it. I just remember all these things of like no one being in my corner, like feeling very, very alone. I was the only black girl. And what I want the listeners to hear is that the reason why as a, as a believer, as my sister in Christ, the reason it's so imperative for you to have this conversation with your kids as a believer is because when it happens to my kid, when the joke is made, whether it be to be a a joke to be funny or they're called that for a very specific reason. Believer, sister in Christ, I need your kid to stand up for my kid because they know that my kid was made in the image of Christ because they know that God made us all different. And although we are different and different colors, that he has no value. There is no value of one over the other. That was done by man, mankind. That was done because of the world and because of sin and that they would stand up for my kid, my kid, maybe it's specifically my kid, one of my seven, but my kid is any kid who is not white. And so if it's not for anything else, but that your child would, would even hear it to know that what was said was inappropriate, was disrespectful was wrong. All the things that we teach our kids not to say. And so that's what I want you to hear. When we talk about, you know, like sometimes we just think it's not our issue. We won't talk about it. You know, my kid will teach our kids, you know, to love everybody and to be nice to everybody or whatever. And those things are great, but specifically to race, they need to know because my kid may need them because I won't be there And so that that's always been like after having kids, I realized that my voice in the matter was different because it was personal. And because I realized that I won't be there to protect them when it, when it happens, when it happens that they are called out or made fun of because of, of their skin color. And so that's really what I want you to hear. And if that's not a plea enough, um, as a believer, as a fellow believer who loves Jesus and wants to impact the kingdom for good in a lot of different areas, then there's not much else I can say. There really isn't. Because as we read the Bible, we see that Jesus stuck up for people. We see that the people, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, like he always had a response for them. And generally, um, he was sticking up for the people that were being made fun of who were discredited and who were not liked per se for whatever reason. And, and that's who I want to follow. And that's who I would encourage all of your listeners to want to follow and to want our kids. If you can't do it, that you would raise people that would do it. I mean, y'all
0: is we overcomplicate it. Yeah. That doesn't seem like a hard request to me. That is not, we're not talking about social theories of justice and libertarianism and socialism and Marxism. Get all the isms away. Right. Like love your neighbor as yourself. (laughs) That's (laughs) it. That's it. We are, Jesus got it because he's part of a community in the Trinity. He gets that we're all interconnected and diverse, unique, each member of the Trinity has a different purpose, but he, he he authored culture. He authored diversity. I was even thinking about that with the Tower of Babel, right? Right. Like different Oh, yeah. Languages. We're all going to, the, the revelation scripture of every tribe, every yep. nation, every even time. at the end. It's not like we're all going to become one. <laughs> that <laughs> no. would be so boring. Exactly. So exactly. I learned so much from... All the different cultures I experience, whenever I go on a trip anywhere, whenever I meet someone from another place, my life only is richer Mm -hmm. by learning and discovering and growing. And I think that some of the fear is the burden of guilt when it comes to race.
1: And that's what has to be, that's what, I mean, again, we are believers, like there is no condemnation. We have been forgiven for all that. So to not acknowledge it does not, I mean, the devil would want you to, to not acknowledge it. And to feel the conviction and to feel the burden of it and stay in it and be like, I'm not talking about it because I got to talk about the same thing happens with sex. Why don't we talk <laughs> about our kids with sex? Because I don't want to talk about it. but blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Mm-hmm. If you don't teach them, right. someone else will. Right. And so what a beautiful story in that and whatever your story is and how God has forgiven you. Redeemed you, restored you. I don't care how, whatever. It's just like these are the lessons that teach our kids to be real and to teach our kids to deal with hard stuff. Yeah, like if we can't show them that, they get out there and face something hard, they're like crumble because Mm -hmm. they. But they're like, wow, mommy did this, like mommy overcame this, daddy did whatever. It's like those are things that happen around the kitchen table. It's like where have we failed? It's not all. It's not all about where we doing well. Those are great stories. But the things that teach our kids, the things that allow them to grow and ask questions, and is when we could tell them our struggles and tell them where we've fallen short and how God is the one that has redeemed us and put us and gotten us to a, a different place. Like those are the stories that that change. That change the body because we are a body of sick people. Like this is not we don't come to Christ and just be like, oh yeah, everything's great. <laughs> no, I'll never have a trial. No, no, we come sick, <laughs> yeah. but, but so forgiven he came for us. He came exactly. For but, yeah. He came for these things, and so that's what we have to do in our parenting. That's what we have to do around this issue. And again, this issue of race is no different than if you had a kid who was struggling with I don't know, pick a thing, pick anything. A thing. Yeah, we would. We would research it. We would get the books about it. We would send them to whoever they to send them to. We would do everything we have to do. Like this is just, this is no different. It's yeah. no different. And so I feel like the, the less all the other stuff we put into, like I said, let go of the isms, the more we can let go of all the isms and let go of what, what and get down to what it is. It's the pride. It's the conviction. Shame. It's yeah. the shame that helps hide and um, alleviate some of that. Yeah. And I would say, peel back that onion, girl, like peel yeah. it back. Like yeah. when was, I say, when was the first time you recognized something was said about race and you did nothing? Hmm. When, what was that? What it what happened? Like what happened to that person? What was said? How do people react around it? Do your parents know? Like, was it a, was it a family member who used the wrong, like what was it? And then just start peeling back that onion because we say like, when you cut onions, it makes you cry. But when you saute them, it's amazing. And so it's like, peel back the onion, recognize yeah. what it is what it, within you, recognize your own stereotypes, prejudices, and, and be able to, to be open and say, God, I need you to heal me from this. Like, here it is. like here it, here it is. And that on the other side of that is a beautiful thing. Yeah. But if we don't ever cut the onion, it, I mean, it just sits there and rots. So... That's all I got.
0: Good word. And y'all, I mean, we will put resources if you you haven't studied this and you really do want a 101 starting point for your own learning or with your kids, there are kids books to walk through and talk about race. I've done some episodes on those too. So we will put those links in the show notes, but you can follow Kirsten and Benjamin. (laughs) They've got... A lot of knowledge too. You can learn from them. Yeah. So thank you for joining us. Where can they find you. you online? I am at underscore
1: Kirsten Watson underscore. And then. On Instagram. On Instagram. Okay. And then why or why not with the Watsons. And something that just launched is Mom Life Today. So that's an Tell area. Tell about where, that. Yeah, so it was developed like twelve years ago um, by an amazing woman, and she had been praying about who to pass it off to. And so, a couple months ago, I got a call like, "Hey, would you consider taking over Mom Life Today?" And so, really, it's just a it's like oogles and oogles of just amazing resources and articles from different moms, all different ethnicities, different backgrounds, different ages, um, just giving you a positive word. Um, everything goes back to truth. It's biblically based and, uh, we're just kind of seeing where we're, where it's going to go, but it's really a place for moms to come and, you know, get some reassurance and get a little boost for the, sometimes you need a boost for the day. <laughs> and so awesome. that'll be that boost in truth. And, um, so yes, that's the newest thing that's going on, but, you know, I think, there's, there's so many people that you could be following that have a good word and who want to not always talk about race, but <sighs> understand that it's part of it. Right. And so, and, and this time, it, it, it it's the time for it now. And so, I don't know, just, being obedient whatever God's telling me to do. I'm just saying, trying to do good yeses at this point. <laughs>
0: right. We can only do our part and let Him do the rest. Absolutely. Whatever fruit comes from that. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us today. I so appreciate you and just your sticking to the word, I mean, and truth. So grateful for you. Grateful for your family. And yeah. I hope you
1: have a fantastic weekend. Thank you. You too. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm always honored when friends, new friends, Kristen is a new friend, are vulnerable enough to share really hard parts of their story with me and with y'all. And I know in the moments, I don't acknowledge it, but know that we do talk about them. And um, if you are listening and anything was triggering to your own hard parts of your story, I want you to know that um, you can share those with me. You can reach out to me. I want our community to be people who listen and who believe the experience of others. I feel like Kirsten's friend who said that, like, that wasn't my experience, but I believe you. It's such a powerful thing we can do for one another as other moms and friends and sisters in Christ. And so um, I want to say that. And also, probably on Instagram, we will be asking y'all, curating resources. What have you found to be helpful in doing the thing that Kirsten's asking us to do, to being the people who have homes of diversity and who have intentional conversations. And so be on the lookout for that. I'm going to pray over us. Lord, I thank you that you author diversity, that the beauty of the different cultures and ethnicities is part of your plan. I thank you for the community element, that we are all interconnected, that my sin impacts other people, and that I am impacted by other people, and yet I also have the potential for change. I thank you and praise you that you have made us moms, that we do set the tone of our homes, that we are the conversation starters, that what we do and say matters and that we have influence. May we never see that as something small but as huge and transforming the future narrative. I pray, Lord, that you would not allow the enemy to get a foothold when it comes to the topic of race, that he would stop causing division in the church and within homes and within families, and within communities, and that it would end with the place you have asked us to occupy in our spaces, in our homes. And I pray, Lord, that you would lead us individually, the power of your Holy Spirit, that we would lean into conviction and know that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus and that we could be free to do the work that you're asking us to do where we are and not be overwhelmed by that because you are the one who gives us the strength to do it. And Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) Sorry, y'all, for one moment, my face hit the mic because I was praying so fervently. Uh, Maybe you heard that. Okay, thanks y'all for joining me. And I love introducing you to um, new friends to me. And next week, I'm bringing on an older friend. David Thomas, he's going to talk about parenting boys, and I know it's going to be fantastic, and I know y'all are desperate for help when it comes to boys. Even Kristen and I had a whole conversation because she has four boys as well in her mix of seven kids, so she and I both have four boys, um, so we were commiserating, but join us back here for that. I'd love to meet you here, and thank y'all again for sharing the show. We have not reached our 2,000 reviews on uh, iTunes We haven't done it. But if you want to leave a review, that would be fantastic. Helps us reach more people when they go to search uh, on iTunes. It pops us higher up in the ratings when you leave a review. So if you want to do that, if you've listened for years and you've never left a review, now would be a great time, particularly if you're going to leave a good one. That would be great. All right. See you here next week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast.